Welcome to Abiding Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes, a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Amid, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Mike leads us verse by verse through the Bible and shares with us the impacting truth of God's Word. Be sure to stay tuned until the close of our program to hear about some exciting news and special offers. We'll also tell you how you can obtain a full-length copy of this entire message. And don't forget... You can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently airing a series on the Holy Spirit titled, The Missing Person. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike. Luke chapter 1, verse 1 through 4, perspective. Now, okay, there's a lot in the Old Testament. And I'm basically giving you the main point, okay? Because, yeah, there's a lot in the Old Testament. And what we see as we read through the Old Testament is a lot of details about the, the good and the bad of God's people, the blessings that come upon them. And if you want to know what the other lesson from the Old Testament is, the blessings that come upon them when they cling to God and follow after God, and the curses that come upon them if they disobey God. And that's what we see, the, the whole Testament, all the prophecies of the Messiah coming forth, all the doom and gloom about Israel and when they disobey God and how they're going to be cursed until they come back to God and repent. And God's always calling them back to repentance. And so as we go through the Old Testament, we see all these miracles and all the stories of the Old Testament. But ultimately through the Old Testament is the bringing about of God's promise of his Messiah. And that happened as recorded in Luke chapter 1 and 2, and the other Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and John. So so there are the narratives that God gave leading up to the narrative of Luke and Acts. And the narrative, as I said before, continues in our day. Continues at the moment you got saved. When you left the kingdom of this world, you left the kingdom of this world, and a life living for sin and living for the pleasures of this world and the comforts of this life and all the things that we, our flesh craves to enter the kingdom of the son of his love, to enter the kingdom of God, where we have a new rule and a new objective and a new idea about life and what life's about. And we begin to follow Jesus in his kingdom. And we'll come back to that. But let's look at the end. This leads up to the continuing fulfillment of his promises For who? The nation of Israel. You see, God chose these people and they become the whole piece, the whole missing piece to his whole narrative. And we see that in Romans chapter 11, verse 25 and 27, when he says this, For I do not want you to be, I'm trying to desire, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own opinion, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. So all Israel will be saved as it is written, a deliverer will come out of Zion and he will turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. Now, this is important because this transition is missed by most, I'll all say that, most of the church. Augustine didn't see it. Not many of the early church fathers saw it. The reformers did not see it. And and I get it. I get it. They didn't see it because it's impossible. After what happened in 70 AD, when Rome came in and destroyed Jerusalem and drove the Jews out of Palestine, which is what they called it after the Philistines, just to be in the face of the Jews. 
that, that Israel would ever be a thing. And so, of course, that's not going to ever happen. And so the church must be the one who receives all these promises. The church must be the one to fulfill all the things that are written about God's promises to Israel. But then something happened. May 14, 1948, Israel, after 2,000 years in captivity, being alienated from, from their, their land because of the persecution of Hitler and the, the, the Holocaust, the world, for a very brief moment, for a very brief moment, had compassion upon the Jews. And they allowed them, the League of Nations at the time, allowed them to, to put in a, a Jewish state, allowed them to purchase the property. They bought it from the, whoever owned it at a very high price, but they bought the land and they moved in and they established a Jewish state once again, the nation of Israel. And everybody's draw, jaws should have dropped and every Bible scholar should have said, wow, it's all true. We didn't believe it could happen, but it's true. But tradition is a powerful thing. And because tradition is a powerful thing, and we've written commentaries and we spend a lot of money on the idea that the church is spiritual Israel, we can't digress. Just like the Pharisees couldn't digress when they had their own ideas about the Messiah and Jesus didn't fit into them. And so the church at large has said, well, that Israel's not important in the grand scheme of things. But then guess what? It was. Now, there weren't everybody. I'm not talking everybody because there's a guy by the name of John Walvoord in the 30s who wrote Daniel, the key to prophetic revelation. He said, you know, Israel has to become a nation. I don't know how, but Israel will become a nation again and their temple will be rebuilt again. That hasn't happened yet. And then it happened and everybody laughed him out. You know who else said that Israel has to become a nation again? Sir Robert Anderson, who wrote The Coming Prince, who gives us the, the unveiling of Daniel chapter 9. And so, of course, Israel becomes a nation again. Now they become, if we're, if we're responsible Bible students, they become the centerpiece of all end times prophecy. And so what's happening in Israel is all important to what, how we interpret the Bible as we look at these things. Now, it, of course, we see when the fullness of the Gentiles comes in, I believe that's the end of the church age. My personal feeling is that we will be raptured or taken to heaven. And then God will set his eyes back on Israel, as described in the book of Revelation, Matthew chapter 24 and other places. A seven-year period that God has promised. That's a seven-year period. The book of Revelation is a seven-year period. What Jesus describes in the, on the Olivet Discourse is a seven-year period. And what is described in that is the tribulation or the seven-year period of tribulation, which happens to correspond with Daniel's 70th week, that last seven years that God has promised to Daniel's people and Daniel's holy city. In, in Daniel chapter 9, verse 24 through 27. And at the end of that prophecy, at the end of that seven years, it will be the end of sin, the end of prophetic revelation, the end of all these things. It will be the, the culmination of, of God's kingdom. And that's, and that's what Daniel says. And of course, that's how the Bible timeline goes. At this time, he'll deal with Satan and his offspring, the Antichrist, and bring his wrath upon the earth. And he will bring in the, you know, a judgment as he did in the days of Noah, except this time it will be a judgment by fire. And God will bring fire upon the earth and bringing ultimate fulfillment to Genesis chapter three, verse 15, when he crushes once and for all Satan's authority, throwing 
the Antichrist and the false prophet into the lake of fire and binding Satan for a thousand years. Then after the tribulation of those days, Jesus will return and judge his church, as we see in the, in the scene with the sheep and the goats. The goat's on his right, the sheep on his left, and he says, enter the kingdom to the sheep. He says, into everlasting fire, prepare for the devil and, the, and his angels for the goats. And so the, the, basically the kingdom age starts. We will come back with Jesus at that time. It says he'll come back with 10,000s, plural, of his saints. And we will rule and reign with Christ, as the Bible tells us, for a thousand years over the humans. We will be changed. Remember Revelation, or excuse me, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. You know, we'll be, we'll, our mortal will put on immortality. We'll be changed. We'll be transformed into something else. And we will rule and reign over those people for a thousand years. And once the thousand years is over, then God will give the second resurrection the great white throne judgment. And everyone who belonged to Satan, all those who rejected Christ because they loved their sin and chose evil, will give, be given back to Satan and they will be thrown into the lake of fire where Satan's ultimate place will be. And it's a chilling scene if you think about it. You know, people say, why, why would God send people to hell? He doesn't. He sent his son to die on the cross for your sins so that you wouldn't have to go to hell. But because you belong to Satan, you're going to go where he is, the place prepared for him and his angels, the lake of fire. And now we see this unfold in Revelation chapter 21 when it says, And I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and heavens fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small, and great standing before God, and the books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which are written in the books. And the sea gave up its dead who were in it, and death and Hades gave, delivered up the dead who were in them, and they were judged each according to his works. You do not want to stand before God and be judged according to your works. Because what happens to these people? And death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. And this is the second death. What, what, judge, what works do we want to be judged by? Jesus' work, right? His ultimate work on the cross. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. And then God will create a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells, Revelation chapter 21. And we, his bride in the new Jerusalem, will live in a new existence with him forever. And this is a very sweet and condensed telling of the whole Bible, as I understand it, having studied it for the last 27 years which isn't very long compared to some people. But, but you can see from my description that the whole Bible is about one thing. What is the Bible about? It's about Jesus. Thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes. If you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety, call us at 208-365-0991 or send us a text at 208-991-2756. Be sure to mention today's date. You can also listen to Pastor Mike's latest message on our website at ccemmett.org. And don't forget to search for Calvary Chapel Emmett on iTunes and YouTube. Remember to hit subscribe when you're there. Thanks again for listening. And remember, always abide in truth. Until next time, God bless. Abide in Truth is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Emmett, Idaho.
Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to invite you to watch our services live on Facebook. You can watch us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30. Just go to our page, Calvary Chapel of Emmett, and scroll down for the live service. It is an interactive experience. While on our page, feel free to watch previous Sundays as well. So join Calvary Chapel Emmett Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30 on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you. Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to offer you a free gift for joining us today. Right Now Media. Right Now Media has been called the Netflix of Christian Bible studies. With over 30,000 Bible studies and discipleship videos, there's even tons of Christian cartoons for the kids. To get your free account to Right Now Media, just visit our website at ccemmett.org forward slash right now. That's ccemmett.org forward slash right now. And God bless you.